Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Thank you for joining me for another episode of State of the Park District. For our discussion on managing our growth in our parks, I'm happy to welcome to the studio Eric Schutz, Director of Planning, and Tim Quigley, Director of Parks. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Connecting with our overall theme of growing into the future, this episode will explore the growth that we've continued to see, specifically in our outdoor facilities, particularly in 2023, and see what's planned for 2024. Additionally, understanding resource limitations, the district has implemented efficiencies to improve overall operations, which I'd also like to highlight during this conversation. Tim, I'm going to start with you. 2023 was an historic year as a district has never served more people through our programs and services with more than, than 64,000 program participants served. This doesn't even consider residents enjoying what we refer to as passive recreation in outdoor facilities like our parks. Anecdotally, what are you and your staff seeing from a park use perspective? Well, to put things simply, the, the parks are just packed. Um, <laughs> as you referenced, Many of our outdoor programmed activities were at record participation levels. Mm -hmm. If you were to drive by one of our larger complexes in the evenings or on the weekends, uh, you'd pretty quickly realize how large in scale our scheduled programming has become. Like Wolf's Crossing, for example. Of course, uh, a <laughs> super popular park. Right. Um, and that's not even taking into account uh, our drop-in use amenities within those parks, mm -hmm. such as pickleball or tennis or the basketball courts or our sand volleyball pits. Uh, but you did mention passive recreation, and I would like to touch on that, too. Sure. I'm not sure how much of this is directly related to the pandemic, um, but there definitely seemed to be a rekindling of the love of the outdoors that hasn't lost any steam. From activities such as park rentals for family get-togethers, birthday parties, and special events, the demand for our shelters and facilities is off the charts. Mm -hmm. Um, during all four seasons, our trail system is heavily, heavily utilized by walkers, runners, cyclists, um, our splash pads at the 95th Street Community Plaza and Wolf's Crossing Community Park have been an overwhelming success and remain hugely, hugely popular attractions. We've seen a large uptick in the number of people fishing in our ponds and use of our canoe launches at Pioneer Park, Wagon Riverfront Park, and at Knock Knolls. Play on the disc golf course at Knockdoles continues to skyrocket. And nature enthusiasts have really been out in force at areas such as our new Frank Russ Preserve at Knockdoles Park, mm -hmm. Seeger Park, the Hobson West Ponds, uh, for use um, such as hiking, spotting wildlife, and just taking in the view. With the various types of parks in our system ranging from the Riverwalk to our sports complexes, neighborhood parks, and preservation areas, it's just been really cool to see the different ways our patrons are choosing to recreate. So to put it simply, things aren't slowing down. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Just checking. <laughs> Eric, just when you think that we have all the parks established across our inventory, we add another one or two. As you know, we opened two parks in 2023, and we're adding two more in the near future. Can you talk about how these additional parks came to be that will take us up to 140 parks? Absolutely, Sam. So even though the Naperville community is near uh, complete build-out, uh, the Naperville Park District continues to grow effectively and effectively serve its residents with respect to parks, recreational amenities, mm -hmm. programs, and services. 
Uh, for example, in 2023, the Naperville Park District officially increased its total quantity of parks from 136 right. to 138 with the opening of Naper Commons Park, which is located north of I-88, mm-hmm. and Heritage Place Park, which is located just east of the downtown area. A little bit about these two sites. So Naper Commons Park is what we uh, title or identified as Park 137. Uh, it includes open space uh, with free play areas and a earthen amphitheater, a playground with rubberized protective surfacing, a basketball court. Even we have native prairie areas with interpretive signage to uh, tell the very important story of environmental stewardship and education. Right. Uh, next is Park 138, uh, which is known as Heritage Place Park. And that park opened up in the fall of last year in 2023. Uh, with two parcels, and in total uh, breaks down or or, uh, equals a half acre. And so the larger portion of Heritage Place Park has a playground, a shelter, and um, other types of site furnishings and landscaping. So we're really excited to have these two new parks uh, added to our system. And then adding to that even more, (laughs) in summer of 2023, the Naperville Park District entered into an agreement with Pulte Home Company and as part of the agreement, Pulte will be donating two new parks uh, to the Naperville Park District, which would be Polo Club Park mm-hmm. and then Fairlane Farms Park. A little bit about these two parks, uh, Polo Club Park will be approximately two acres. It would be a centralized neighborhood park, which uh, within the Polo Club subdivision that would be um, developed by Pulte Home Company. Uh, this is located north of 119th Street and west of Book Road. Okay. So in that general area, the, the development area or the Polo Club grounds, uh, which before it was um, transferred and, and purchased by Pulte Home Company, was like over 100 acres. Wow. So very large area. Uh, so the Polo Club Park, uh, about two acres, will have the playground site furnishing landscaping. And then we'll have Park 140, which would be Fairlane Farms Park, which is a six-acre parcel, which will have two multi-purpose natural turf fields uh, for various activities like football, lacrosse, and soccer. And it will also have two uh, off-street parking lots, as well as a section of trail that will connect further to the east to Riverview Farmstead and property owned and maintained by the Forest Preserve District of Will County, so like a trail hub. So that is quite a bit of additions of, of park and parkland in Naperville. Yeah, definitely is. And you mentioned um, Fairlane Farms Park. We actually did a podcast on that that was released in December. So if anyone wants to hear more about that or learn more about that location, that's a great way to do it. You also mentioned Naper Commons Park, which we cut the ribbon on last summer. And what strikes me about that particular location, and really with all of our parks, they're, they're all so unique just because of the settings and, and kind of what's around them. With Naper Commons, the park is kind of right in the middle, like the houses face the park, which is really kind of unique. Yeah, that, that was a design um addition by the uh, uh, Pulte Home Company and and, uh, their designer when they were coming up uh, in the engineering phase of Mm -hmm. the project. And like you said, that that is unique. And we really took advantage of that. Right. When we worked through the park design uh, to ensure that that folks, when they looked out of that park, they really had a nice space um, that they can see and and very accessible, especially if they have children, that they go out and enjoy the, um, the recreational amenities. Right. Definitely. So, Tim... Eric's talking about all these, you know, great new amenities that are 
coming into the fold. How does adding new parks or significant new amenities at the district impact your staff, and how do you manage those increases in responsibility? Well, we're very fortunate to have a park district team that communicates as well as it does. Um, we'll actually receive notice from Eric's team very early in the process um, that something's in the works, and that might be more than a year in advance. Site plans will be developed and eventually shared with my parks team for input. And as the site features move towards a final draft phase, our park staff will begin to put together a maintenance plan and use that information to determine if additional staffing, equipment, or materials will be needed. Because we start that planning process so early, we can incorporate these changes into our annual budgeting process uh, with the intent of going into the year knowing that we'll have the resources we need to maintain that new area. All this prep work will allow us to have a pretty good game plan in place prior to the conveyance of the new site. Um, and um, as you could probably imagine, the differences between putting together that game plan for a 33-acre parcel like Wolf's Crossing uh, varies greatly compared to that two-acre neighborhood park like oh, Neighbor sure. Commons. Yeah. That's pretty exciting, though. I mean, there's obviously a lot of work that has to be done, but with your staff being so invested in everything that we do, it, it does have to be exciting bringing on new amenities and, and locations. It certainly is, and uh, our, our team gets really excited to have that opportunity to provide the input and sure. work through uh, some of those designs with our planning team. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's kind of a great relationship where we can um, sure. you know, work back and forth and figure out what will work best for us overall. Yeah, that's excellent. So Eric, if we're not adding new parks, our 10-year capital plan has us renovating existing outdoor facilities to keep them updated. What are some of the key renovations planned for in 2024? Yes, so the 2024 capital budget consists of over 100 projects and purchases that focus on the repair and replacement of existing park amenities and infrastructure, as well as the expansion and development of new park amenities. With respect to key renovations, there are numerous playgrounds uh, planned uh, for renovation in 2024 at the sites of Arbor Way, Arrowhead Park, Central Park, Frontier Sports Complex. And at Frontier Sports Complex, we have two playgrounds. So we're looking to renovate the centralized playground in mm -hmm. 2024, Oak Ridge Parkway, South Point Park, Springfield Park, and Winding Creek Park. Uh, so of those eight playground renovations, uh, there are something, uh, or there have been uh, improvements that we've been looking at for quite some time. We utilize a 15-year life cycle right. uh, to identify when we renovate playgrounds. However, that's further confirmed working with the Parks Department and Tim's team based on site inspections. Do they really need to be renovated? Can we shift them out a couple of years or, or pull them back? So it's confirmed based on site inspections, but because of what we identified in the field, last year and, and previous years, uh, we have quite a few playgrounds to renovate in 2024. Right. Also, there are some major capital improvements planned for this year, including the Ron Ory Community Garden Plot site improvements, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a conversion of a gravel parking lot to permeable pavers and more environmental initiative to clean stormwater, as well as ADA raised accessible planting beds and drainage improvements. And then uh, another really large-scale, exciting project planned for this year is the Knocknose Park Frank J. Russ Pavilion installation mm -hmm. and site improvements. And this is a project that we started working on last year in 2023. Um, we were very fortunate uh, to work with the Frank J. Russ Trust, who uh, donated $250,000 right. for the pavilion, very which generous. is really exciting. Yeah. 
And uh, so the new pavilion will support the Park District's outdoor educational recreational programs and provide visitors to the park with an area to picnic in the beautiful natural setting. Uh, the, the pavilion is proposed for the upper grove of Knocknoles Park, which is located on the south side of the DuPage River and accessible from the bicycle and pedestrian bridge. Uh, in 2023, the Park District ordered the pavilion and storage structure, and we're all set for installation uh, this spring of that project. So a that's, lot going on. That's really exciting. And the pavilion in particular, that's going to be placed in such an incredibly beautiful area in Knock Knolls Park, which I think has to be my favorite park, but it's going to be very <laughs> picturesque and, and great to be able to take a lot of what um, the Nature Center is doing indoors to be able to bring it outdoors as well. Yes. And to your point, I mean, that's that's a lot of ribbon cuttings. So yes. got to make sure those uh, ribbon cutting scissors are sharp and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, very good point, Sam. Yes. <laughs> so, Tim, taking care of what we have has been an underlying theme and area of emphasis for the district for at least the last 15 years. How is your team integral in ensuring that we're fulfilling that expectation? Well, I think there are multiple approaches that we employ that uh, I could use to answer this question. Um, our district maintenance teams are constantly performing formal inspections of sites, features, and amenities. Uh, for example, our trails are inspected weekly and our playgrounds every two weeks. Sports fields are reviewed uh, three times annually, and every park goes through a multi-page inspection twice per year. Work orders are created to address the needs identified through those inspections and repairs are made. Uh, preventative maintenance inspections occur as well to prevent uh, problems and extend life cycles. Our vehicles and equipment are inspected weekly, and our trade staff provides monthly inspections of all of our buildings and facilities. There are informal visual inspections made by staff during site visits each and every day. Uh, the 10-year capital plan that you and Eric just referenced um, identifies anticipated life cycles of those park amenities, and members of our leadership team meet multiple times per year to provide updates to the plan uh, based on those inspections and feedback from staff on whether that uh, amenity or uh, repair or replacement needs to take place in the short term or it can be pushed back to a later date. We actually just met uh, for the first time uh, this week. Work plans such as our natural area maintenance plan and our work order management system are updated to provide maintenance intervals and a roadmap to stay on top of all that we oversee. There's quite a bit process-wise put in place to help us stay on top of all of that mm -hmm. uh, so that we're not leaving anything behind. It is always excited to add something new to our inventory, uh, but staff certainly has a lot of time and sweat invested in existing features, and they don't want to see anything fall into that state of disrepair. Completely understandable. And you going through that whole list of things that your staff has oversight for, that's pretty incredible. And you think about parks, and, and a lot of people probably just assume, oh, you're mowing and you're pulling weeds and you're lining baseball fields and doing that kind of stuff. I mean, that list that you just went through, that takes things to a whole new level. It does. Just ensuring safety and ensuring that, you know, people have a good experience. And, and it keeps growing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, Tim, does that focus on taking care of what we have inspire you and your staff to look at ways of making your overall operations more efficient? And if so, what are some of the things you're doing in that regard? As an organization, all of our departments are constantly seeking out greater efficiencies um, that take care of what we have and push to become more efficient appears in several of our annual organizational, departmental, and individual goals. Mm -hmm. 
In the literal sense, taking care of what we have can mean we want to keep things in working order and in good shape. And while that is a part of what we do, uh, we also know things change over time, whether that's due to evolving industry-accepted best management practices or just a change in circumstances. Changes in best management practices uh, that listeners may have noticed uh, might include the incorporation of native plantings and addition of park meadows at various sites throughout the district, mm-hmm. um, the shoreline stabilization and water quality projects, including some of the sediment dredging projects we've right. uh, done recently at our waterways, or invasive removal projects at several of our woodlands. As situations change, new ideas had to be implemented to create efficiencies. We were really struggling for a few years to fill open positions and knew we had to change things up uh, to not let our service levels decline. Mm -hmm. We took some of the unspent part-time wages we had and converted them into more desirable full-time positions. Uh, While that did result in fewer sets of hands than we had originally called for in our plans, we were able to bring in a higher skill level with that new full-time staff member and recoup some of that missing productivity. We've also used those unspent wages to hire contractors for some of our tasks. A contractor might be able to complete a task at a a more competitive cost or sometimes even with better results. Um, Maintenance of some of our ponds, for example, we we really struggled with some of those areas Mm -hmm. and we were really um, benefited from bringing in some experts to help out and uh, uh, fix some of the problems we were dealing with. Um, And that just frees up staff then to take on some other assignments. So it's it's a win-win. We've simplified our floral plantings and landscape bed designs to include more perennials and natives to reduce time spent replanting and watering. We're exploring technological options. Uh, Many have probably heard about our partnership with Havenshine Technologies and their autonomous mowers. This year, we plan on taking a deeper dive into the use of autonomous painters for our sports fields. It is. It's. It's. There's some neat options out there, um, and you've got to keep your eye on the uh, you know open and, and see what's coming our way. Um, we've also put more smartphones, tablets, and laptops in the hands of staff to reduce communication times, paperwork, and the processing of work orders. Um, that search for process improvement just truly never ends. There's, there's more and more coming our way, um, and we're always looking to improve and, and see what's out there. That's excellent. And I want to go back to a comment that you made about um, planting more perennials. And I think a good example of that is the work that was done at Knock Knowles Nature Center. If anybody's listening to this and kind of wants an example, that's a, a great example if you drive to the Nature Center and take a look. Not only did they um, create something that should, in the long run, um, reduce the amount of maintenance time, mm-hmm. but it also looks really great. It's beautiful. So, yeah, you know, it, really it was, a, again, an opportunity to uh, showcase some of the talents and, and backgrounds of staff and then also make a process improvement that uh, should strengthen us overall. Right. Eric, in the introductory episode of this State of series, Executive Director Brad Wilson teed up one of our biggest challenges, which is having enough indoor space. He also spoke briefly about addressing that aspect this year. What is planned for 2024 to delve into the indoor space challenges, and what do we expect the project outcomes to be? Sure. Uh, With respect to indoor space challenges, in 2023, the Naperville Park District experienced record-breaking program participation levels involving indoor recreational spaces such as gymnasiums Mm -hmm. and gymnastics. A major Naperville Park District initiative in 2024 at the top, or is one of our top goals and our strategic plan, is the completion of an assessment of indoor recreational space, uh, considering uses, possibilities, and the interests of the community to support financially 
and to adopt and plan uh, and a, a plan that's based on the need and support for further indoor amenities. Uh, some very important steps in the indoor recreation, recreational space needs assessment include the identification of gaps and inefficiencies with current indoor usage and development of recommendations for potential future programming growth within our existing facilities. Mm -hmm. The identification of gaps between the indoor facility and also inventory and proper space needed to meet current community needs and projected growth. And most importantly, the identification of the types and sizes of indoor recreational spaces needed to meet current community needs and projected growth growth and estimated construction costs of spaces for development of future indoor recreation space within the next five years. So it's a long-term sure. plan looking ahead into the future based on current but also projected needs of our community. The assessment and resulting plan will guide the district in meeting the identified needs of the community and assist the board and staff in planning the direction of the district's current and future indoor recreational spaces. And it remains to be seen what will happen with that because it's really going to take us through most of this year. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a, um, a multi-month type uh, development project, mm -hmm. a lot of steps, but something we're very excited about. And it's building off of our uh, community uh, interest and opinion survey that was conducted in 2022 and our master plan that was updated last year. Right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Pretty exciting. Yes. As an organization, we focus a lot of attention on ensuring that we provide a great value to our residents through our programs, services, and facilities. And I think the value is proven out by way of both hard evidence and through community surveys, as well as more anecdotal information we receive. So Eric, can you address both some tangible and intangible ways that the district continues to emphasize value in what we provide? Absolutely. So when talking about tremendous value that the Naperville Park District provides the community, I think it's most important to start with our over 2,400 acres of open space, 138 parks, uh, soon to be 140 parks, right. 75 plus miles of trails and walks, and numerous facilities that the district operates and maintains for the community of approximately 150,000 residents to enjoy, including those of all ages and abilities. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is important um, to also note on how the Naperville Park District emphasizes value. It's, if we want to look at a great example, it's through the over 16 acres per thousand residents that we offer to the community. A while back, the Naperville Park District gathered information from the National Recreation and Park Association, or otherwise known as NRPA, mm -hmm. who identified the goal of providing 10 acres per 1,000 residents in the community. We greatly exceed that. Right. Now you take that and you look at what the forest preserves um, districts provide, Will and DuPage, in our community. Um, it's over 40 acres per 1,000 residents. So every so often, as uh, park district staff, as residents, we see that the, the community of Naperville and the Naperville Park District is identified as one of the best places to live. Mm -hmm. And we, we dug into that a few times and we found some of the, the major criteria in selecting these communities is open space. Right. So that's something really exciting, something we're proud of. And so that's, that is tangible along with all our amenities and assets mm -hmm. that we have. However, from an intangible perspective, the extensive open space offered to the community is essential in participating in meaningful recreational, um, recreational opportunities close to home, and it really fosters and maintains a healthy mind and a healthy body. Right. And as we know, that's directly aligned with what we refer to as our healthy 
uh, mission. And so the health and wellness of our patrons is front and center. Another example of the value the Naperville Park District provides is we work closely and actively to alleviate and address uh, community problems. And how do we make you know, living here in Naperville um, just so much more better and better from a mind and body perspective? And so we provide various programs like, um, and, and when we see folks and, and the problems we try to solve is like limited access to recreation for individuals with special needs isolation, mm -hmm. family stress. So the way we handle that or address it as a park district, we provide rec and roll programs in Naperville, inclusion services. Um, Fort Hill Activity Center has expanded opportunities for special rec in Naperville. Uh, and some of the examples of activities we provide is basketball tournaments, pickleball, and use of the indoor track. Other issues we work with is limiting access to recreation for increasing percentage of low-income families and those with financial needs. And we offer the fee assistance program, right. uh, affordable programs, and free opportunities for social engagement and participation, which is so very important. Mm -hmm. Also, the issues of isolation, loneliness for senior adults, uh, need for purpose and growth. We offer drop-in programs, RCC, trips at uh, the Naperville Park District programs that, through our programs that we provide. The Four Hill Activity Center track gym and programs, special events like we have a holiday meal program for those who can't get out there in the holidays to have a, a nice meal. And the Naperville Park District partners with Ride Assist Naperville to improve transportation options. And lastly, another issue that we work on is residents, families, and children need access to indoor recreation for health and social connections. And the Naperville Park District maintains, maintains partnerships with schools, the GLIN Association, and mm -hmm. Kids Matter to provide programs and space for indoor recreation. So I know that's a lot, that but is that's a lot. a lot what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to put in a quick plug, too. We've got the Park It in Naperville campaign that we've utilized over the last several years. We've done more to promote that because that's a great way, too, to also let residents know and, and visitors know everything that we have in the community, everything from disc golf at Knocknells Park and Centennial Beach and things that are you know, that have small fees to enjoy or are completely free to enjoy. So those are all great examples Thank that you, you provided. Thank you. Tim, beyond 2024, what do you see as a challenge that the district will need to address when it comes to our parks and open spaces? Well, like many listening in today, I think we're still all a little bit shell-shocked by the jump in costs for just about everything in our lives. You're not kidding. Right, yeah. right. Um, We've seen some of our vehicles and equipment costs increased by 33 to 50% as compared to just a couple of years ago. Um, the cost for materials and supplies saw big jumps, as well as there was a competitive labor market we had to adjust to to fill staffing needs. Mm -hmm. While dealing with the rising cost issue, we have to keep in mind that it's important for the district to continue to keep recreational opportunities affordable, as well as to maintain our maintenance standards in our parks. So one of our biggest challenges then is to c continue to meet the community and staff's expectations out in the field while dealing with these rising costs. Mm -hmm. um, so tying it back into kind of one of your previous questions, um, I think uh, you know continuing to seek out these efficiencies will play such a vital role in helping mm -hmm. us address this issue as we seek solutions moving forward. Well, and that's right. So, I mean, it goes back to the efficiencies, which it really seems like your department is very laser focused on. We're constantly challenged to, um, you know, find different ways and different approaches. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, 
you know, we've got a, a great staff and we're able to come up with solutions from the top down and from the from the bottom up. So right. a lot of people all working on, um, you know, coming up with ideas and brainstorming. And it's, it's just really great to have uh, an organization to work for that supports that type of thinking and uh, allows us to try out some of these different ideas. Eric, last questions for you. After we reach 140 parks in a little while from now, do you foresee additional growth in the, the, the number of parks that we're going to have, or will growth and change be illustrated in other ways across the district? That's a great question, Sam. Uh, as of today, there are no additional new parks <laughs> on the horizon for the Naperville Park District. However, that can change at any sure, time. very true. Uh, also, the community input received and in findings of the indoor recreational space needs assessment may lead to possible future partnerships and growth with respect to expansion and new recreational indoor spaces for programs and services to address immediate community needs. So we're gonna work through that process of indoor uh, recreational space needs assessment and we may find there's areas and, and new projects for us to pursue, and uh, we're quite excited about that sure. as we look forward uh, to the future of the Naperville Park District and the Naperville community. Well, I love that we're still growing as an organization. I think it's important not only from a relevance perspective, but also from an evolutionary one. And people's interests and needs relative to recreation continue to change over time, as we well know. And I'm confident that we're always in tune with, you know, when a shift in perspective is needed. Eric and Tim, thank you very much for being a part of this episode and sharing your insights. I look forward to seeing the great work that both of your areas are going to accomplish in the next year. And uh, we'll take it from there. Thanks so much. Thank you Thanks. very much, Sam. We enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District. <laughs>